This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. This is TLC Ninja, a podcast for teachers by teachers about classroom innovation. Hi, and welcome to episode 126 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. My name is Lisa Nowakowski, and I am a technology coach in South Monterey County in California. And I'm also in California. I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an instructional technology coach in Beverly Hills. And just as a reminder, we have a 15-minute format because ain't nobody got more time than that. No, they don't, even if it's summer. But we do have time for a coffee fact. So did you know that in 1674, in Britain, there was a women's petition against coffee It claimed that coffee damaged men's fertility, made them impotent, and made them too talkative. People suspect that it was written by men in order to make coffee houses unpopular because they thought that was where political unrest started. So, yeah. Anyway, our guest today is Amber Hickman, who will be talking to us about digital portfolios. So Amber, welcome. Tell us a bit uh, about yourself, who you are, and what you do. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, As previously mentioned, Amber Hickman, I teach social science at the high school level. I teach for LA Unified. Um, And yes, digital portfolios are just my jam. As soon as I get the opportunity to talk about them, I'll tell you exactly why. Uh, I'm a relatively new educator, but I've found that this digital portfolio system has allowed me to enable my students to view learning as a journey and not necessarily a bar or a destination or a hoop that that they have to jump through. Um, So yeah, I'd love to share more about it with you. Oh, well, that is great. And you know what? I am glad new educators are great. They bring in a lot of new ideas and, you know, you're not seasoned to think, oh, that's impossible. So you can, you can do it because you don't know it's impossible. Um, really so don't. tell us <laughs> exactly. So tell us um, about digital portfolios. You obviously are very passionate about them. What makes them special? Yeah, I mean, really, the learning as a journey part is the part that, uh, as an educator, developing educator, is striking to me. And um, there's something very powerful about seeing a student's work develop over time in one space. So of course, if we think back to like our physical papers that we get turned in or our grade book, um, we could look at their performance and we could gather papers and see how they've performed. Okay, they did okay on this exam. Okay, on this exam, great. Um, But what if uh, we examined their work beyond their scores? What if we are able to pull out skills that maybe they didn't even know they had during parent-teacher conference? It really has enabled me to see a story when I look at my students and their work. So uh, that's what makes it special to me. Well, I think that's that's really an important thing because you can see progress in the grade book, as you said, but I think seeing the work is is so much more powerful instead of just seeing a, you know, a B or a B plus or whatever grade they got. So if I'm gonna make a digital portfolio, 
what should what should be included in there? I mean, you know what, that I think is up to the individual instructor, of course, but what I like to include is um, any meaningful assignments. I make it clear, I align my portfolio system with my grading practices and I make it clear to my students that not everything will be graded. Some things are practiced for assessments. So, I mean, that's kind of hard for them to wrap their minds around, but they know that very meaningful assignments that represent their uh, body of knowledge for a given learning target is gonna be included in that portfolio. I told them to think of it as their evidence of learning. So it's up to them to compile it, to organize it and to prevent it, or prevent it, to uh, present it when it comes time for something I like to do called grade conferences. Well, that is another topic that we should definitely discuss because I really think, especially at the high school level, having students be involved in in their grading and in the grading process, I think it just makes the learning more meaningful. So what do the students think about the digital portfolios? Yeah, that, thank you for asking that question because I think, if I think it's a great idea, who cares, right? <laughs> what do they think? Um, I think they, they enjoy the fact that learning is a journey. The feedback that I've gotten from them includes, um, when I'm working on my portfolio work, I'm kind of, at ease, I'm not anxious, because even if I don't understand something, I know I have time to build on it and add my evidence to show that I understand. Um, so it takes a little bit of the, the anxiety out of learning. Um, any negative feedback I've gotten was more like catered towards the assignment itself that was included in the portfolio. So it was, hey, uh, Miss Hickman, this one felt like busy work, or this one actually took me hours because of this, you know, they. I created a classroom in which they voiced those things to me and I had to take that feedback. Um, but the system itself, once they understand it, and I guess that's really the key, really about the platform that you use, how do you teach them how to use that platform? Do you provide hours of support for them to actually relearn how to, to organize their portfolio? Things like that. Um, with those supports, I've had a lot of success over time. Yeah, I think that those supports are key. And um, Lisa said she really appreciates how comfortable the students are in sharing their feedback with you. And I think that's very important too, to develop a relationship where students do feel comfortable uh, sharing. Because I know that some students would rather just take the test and get the A, especially a lot of High achieving students are sometimes nervous about doing portfolios or other kinds of assignments because they have their sights set on maybe an elite four-year school and they want to just be sure they get the grade. Um, so I like that you've created an environment where they can be comfortable. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, sometimes I wish they were a little less comfortable, <laughs> but, but they have done a great job of communicating their needs to me. And um, we've created an environment where we can work with each other. And that took time to cultivate, of course, but I appreciate that really has been helpful. Well, that's excellent. And I have uh, just a kind of follow-up question. So when you were talking about the things that they're including in the portfolios, are there um, items that are mandatory and, or are there, do the students pick everything that goes in? Do you give them criteria? How, 
how do they select? And also, um, do you take their feedback and adjust? Uh, good questions. Um, to start, yes, there are some mandatory assignments or some expected assignments. I expect this to be in your portfolio when I take a look at it. Um, to help them keep track of that, I have a sample portfolio. So I'm basically building, I use Google Slides to build my digital portfolios. I build the framework for what they should have in their portfolio. So I have blank assignments, blank, uh, I have the assignment, they have to do the work, of course, organized in my sample. And they know that their portfolio should be organized according to the sample. When I'm grading, I'm able to compare their portfolio to the sample to see, okay, what are we missing? Um, what do you still need to add? And they're able to do the same. So thank goodness I no longer receive the question of uh, what assignments am I missing? I, <laughs> I, I cannot. Well, so and, I would ask them. Oh, go for, yeah, it's important that. to build that student agency in high school, especially. So uh, yes, learning, learning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so having that sample has been helpful. Um, some other components um, include a reflection piece after each, I guess, chapter or end of a learning target that they've completed. Maybe they had an assessment. They have to reflect on their performance. So at uh, checkpoints throughout the semester, I expect to see their reflection on how, what parts of this learning target they struggled with. Uh, what parts, what do they think they could do differently for the upcoming target? So that reflection piece is key. Uh, I do read those reflections. So as far as taking their feedback, uh, yes, some of them, are very cruel when it comes to group work. They really hate group work. But um, for the most part, I have to say like, okay, so I'm learning about the problems that occur within groups. I know I love group work. How can I prevent this going forward? So I'm constantly cultivating an experience for them that's enjoyable on both ends. Um, and for the most part, the feedback really has been positive. But, but as a new teacher, I'm like, oh no, one person hated it, right? So <laughs> trying yeah. to focus on the good. Well, and group work is the thing, you know, I, I did not like group work until well into my teaching career. Just as for me, like, I did not like to work in groups, I, nobody was doing it the right way, which was my way. Um, <laughs> Lisa is laughing because she knows, I'm still kind of like that, but less. Um, but now I really see the value in group work and collaboration, but it, it took me a long time to get there. So it might be a maturity thing for your kids too. You mentioned your sample portfolio, and I just want to let our listeners know that um, it will be linked in the show notes. So people, because Amber so generously shared. Um, so you said you used Google Slides. Is that the best tool to create a digital portfolio or are there others? Um, oh, and so I yes, would, has to oh, be the right sorry, people in the group. <laughs> oh, yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, as a side note, uh, at one point in the semester, I always assign groups. And at one point in the semester, they always get to choose groups. So I'm like, oh, let's test your learning in different ways. Um, but yes, as far as the tools to create your portfolio, um, I use Google Slides because it's the platform that I'm most familiar with. And I'm able to teach my students how to use that platform very easily but I know colleagues that use Google Sites instead. So they build a template website. They organize it according to um, the way students should have their work organized. And they keep adding to it throughout the semester, adding assignments throughout the semester. 
So I'd recommend that teachers use the platform that they're most familiar with. You do not have to be an expert in that platform. Uh, you only need to know how to communicate to your students, how to organize and continuously add to their portfolios. And I think that's key because a lot of times people are afraid to assign work if they're not an expert in the platform. The students will discover the capabilities or learn what they need. You just have to be able to show them what you expect and the organization. That's great. So let's say I, I'm now ready to go. I wanna get started with digital portfolios for my kids. What do I do? So I would definitely recommend getting that template, getting that template. Um, looking for a platform that you are familiar with, one that you're interested in uh, viewing constantly. I, I also recommend whatever platform that is, that it integrates well with Google Classroom. Even though my uh, school LMS learning management system is not Google affiliated, I still use Google Classroom when I am reviewing portfolios because they make it so easy with Google Docs and Google Slides to um, be able to look at student work quickly, one right after the other. In fact, I didn't do a site because I didn't wanna deal with individualized templates. Oh wait, where's the tab it's supposed to be there? No, it's either the slide is there or it is not. So I knew exactly where to find what I was looking for. So I recommend whatever platform you look for, um, first find a template. There's plenty available for Google Slides using Slides Mania. Any digital notebook template that you don't mind looking at over and over and over again would be useful for you. So template platform that integrates with Google Classroom. Well, that's great. And um, you said you teach high school. Um, I have uh, used digital portfolios as, I think the lowest grade I used was third grade, but really, um, they're, they're very versatile, aren't they? You don't have to be a high school student to be able to create a digital portfolio. Not at all. Uh, the person I learned digital portfolios from, and I have to shout this person out, is Io. Um, so I've also linked her information because she taught me digital portfolios. She started in sixth grade and that's been really successful for her. It's really about teaching them how to use the tools that you expect them to use on a regular basis and being available to reteach that. Um, so I can't speak to what it takes to, to teach third grade. I mean, bless you. <laughs> I mean, really, but I know that one thing these kids can do is learn. And it's really up to us to kind of build the bridge to what we want them to be able to do. Excellent. Well, um, yeah, third grade, it was fun. We did a similar thing. We used um, Google Sites and embedded slides and different things. That was our timer. Any closing thoughts? Um, you know what? I think I communicated the basic vision. Um, to get started, I would recommend maybe even talking to a colleague that does the same thing or just following me because I do this and I love it so much. That's not a plug, I promise. I just like want you to do a digital portfolio so bad. <laughs> So, I mean, just getting a partner that's willing to uh, go on that portfolio journey. I have one in my school site and that's been really helpful. Even though they do websites and I do slides, we still are able to talk about, oh, this is the issue I'm running into with my ongoing portfolios. This is how I check them and still value my own time. Cause it is a time thing as well. We have to be mindful of that as I'm learning every week. 
So I think getting a partner and getting a community around digital portfolios is extremely helpful. Oh, great thoughts. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment to let us know. And our comment question is, what would you have your students include in a digital portfolio? Don't forget to subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. And please help others find us by rating and leaving a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on our show or know someone uh, that we should have on, please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Thanks.